Welcome to the Sport Mind podcast series, where I sit down with world-leading guests and unlock the secrets to mental strength in sports. Today, before you dive into the episode, I have something special for all listeners. Are you struggling with self-doubt, overwhelmed by performance anxiety, battling inconsistency, or facing fear of failure in your sport? Are you looking to overcome these obstacles and conquer the mental game? Well, I've got just the toolkit for you. An ebook I wrote called Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, which you can get today completely free of charge. This comprehensive ebook is a treasure trove of practical and actionable strategies tailored for athletes who want to unblock the most common mental obstacles. Each chapter offers digestible advice, providing immediate tools you can apply to enhance your mental game. Readers have been raving about the insights and the transformations they've experienced with this guide. Teresa from California emailed recently saying, your guide is brilliantly helpful. I've just been getting into it and I'm truly excited to use it to help with the obstacles I face regularly. I wrote this ebook to be concise, punchy, and most importantly, practical for immediate application. And the best part, it's completely free, a token of your commitment to your mental and athletic growth. So click on the link in the show notes right now to grab your copy of Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, or simply visit the SportMind Hub by Googling SportMind Hub. Equip yourself today with the knowledge and tools to face those mental challenges head on. Now, let's jump into today's episode and get ready to elevate your mental game to the next level. Mindfulness, a brilliant topic, a topic that I'm fully invested in. It's a topic that I've been researching for a while now. I could probably talk for hours about this, but Bart, I want to extract your knowledge on mindfulness. Um, so when we bring this topic to the table, uh, when we talk about performance and high performance, and maybe we've got this 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 kind of culture of sport of like, yes, we got to win and we got to look like the Hollywood Rocky kind of punching the air. But actually, I think mindfulness might really lend itself to high performance sport. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 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 funny. It's great to see your the smile on your face when mindfulness starts. So it's really your topic. I feel <laughs> um, like I mean I think it's first of all important to to re, to to make clear what mindfulness actually is. So so I'll just for me the simple conclusion is do one thing at a time. Like but just actually really one thing, mm-hmm. which means your body and mind are focused on one thing at the same time. Uh, is it important? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the. I always look at like the best performers out there. So for example, Roger Federer in tennis or Max Verstappen in, in Formula One or uh, uh, darts, by the way, is for me a very interesting sport because it's very, very mental, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel that all these extreme top performers are super concentrated, super mindful on what they're doing. So they're really focused on doing this one thing at the same time. So body, mind are aligned into this activity that I want to get 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 going. Yeah, totally. And and I think, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, the Hollywood movies, like I said, don't really promote mindfulness in that sense. They promote the kind of the, the, the Hollywood punching the air version in that sense. So um, when it comes to practicing mindfulness or getting it, if an athlete now is listening to them, ah, oh, yes, mindfulness, it's, it's a part of my life that I, I don't have. What where, where can you start to give people tools or signpost them towards mindfulness, do you think? Yeah, I think I think in, in the first uh, the first realization is is that you're never mindful. I think that there's only like a very minority of people who are actually mindful. So I think the most <clears throat> important thing is for people to realize, hey, I'm never mindful because when I'm driving the car, I, I'm still looking on my phone whether a message came in or whether I'm if I'm on court, I'm still thinking about my last shot, which is not you know one thing, or if I'm 
talking to to my my girlfriend i'm already thinking like what am i going to eat tonight or mm -hmm. so 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 i think the first step is to realize jesus i'm actually never mindful never mm -hmm. there was maybe an interesting the, study for, yeah, sorry, okay, go, no do you go first yeah so like like i said maybe the only time we're mindful is when we're actually doing a meditation or something because otherwise yeah, yeah, you're all over the place, basically. Mm. Well, there was a study in 2010, I think, a Harvard study, Killingworth and Gilbert, if I recall, where they it was like a real kind of peer-reviewed, in-depth study on this. And what the result came out was that our mind wonders 47% of the time. So almost half of our life, our mind and our body are not in the same place at the same time. And that's yeah. crazy to think about, isn't it? Like, like 47% of the time, we're not in the moment. And think about that. Think about your normal day-to-day -day life, if you're unaware of your present moment 47% of the time, when you step into a performance environment, are you just expected to flick a switch in your brain that all of a sudden says, oh, forget that 47%, I'm going to be 100% mindful. No, it doesn't happen, does it? So, yeah. you know, the, the kind of the whole idea is, can we practice mindfulness in in day-to-day -day moments, day-to-day -day interactions? Um, do you do much? Do you practice much mindfulness yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, practicing mindfulness is is uh it's just day-to-day -day stuff like for example when i start driving the car i mean i i don't succeed always uh, i mean uh, being a mental coach doesn't mean you're a holy person so i'm still <laughs> like very human <laughs> so so i try to switch like switch off my phone on not this don't disturb for example um sometimes i tend to switch off music in the car just to be like driving period and nothing mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. um but I think, well, yeah, so so, so it's a day-to-day -day thing. It doesn't have it to is. be something very spiritual or like I'm doing meditation and breathing or whatever. It's just like, just do actually one thing at the same time and realize this is never happening, actually. Mm. But then um, going back a step, uh, the question I have or the question I'm I'm always wrestling with myself is how do we get people to actually remember to do it? Like, I think mindfulness, it's a very easy thing to actually do, right? It's mm. the remembering. That's the hard thing to do, isn't it? It's the remembering to be in the moment. Um, and self-awareness comes into this, like being self-aware, knowing yourself at a deep level, metacognition, which is thinking about thinking. It's, mm. uh, you know, any thoughts on, on, on how you get people to remember to do it? I mean, for me, there's two options. Like first, like two things. First of all is like, uh, you need like I think rem like I, I think you're 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 actually pointing at being aware of the fact that you're not in the moment. Like it's remembering feels like I'm remembering a hist a, a, a memory. Right. Like being aware of like it's just like simply asking the question: Am I mindful right now? And then you can you stop doing what you're doing and you say, okay, am I mindful not right now? Oh no, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this or uh, while watching my phone and my colleague came in. So. And, and and the moment you ask this question is 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 the only time that you're actually truly mindful. Mm. Ah, yeah, no, I wasn't mindful. I like that. And, and I think second of all, I think it's it's what's very important for our brains is that we need to have some gains of being mindful. You know, like if 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 I know I got a lot of gains from it, then I'm more inclined to use it because it makes me better off. So I I feel like it's very important to realize that whatever percent of your attention is not focused on the activity is just lost energy in a sense that. If you're going to run a marathon on one leg, you know, basically 50% of energy, well, obviously you're not going to be that fast. So if, you, if you're able to use both legs or 100% of your energy, yeah, your performance is going to go through the roof because you, you have so much more energy and concentration to your, to your um, how do you say that? Like Your activity you're doing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, mm -hmm. so if, if people feel like, okay, if I'm normally wandering off, like my brain is in another space than my body is, then I lose 50% of my, my performance basically. So mm. if they realize that, being 
mind and body in one place makes me gain 50% of the of my efforts, then it's definitely worth looking into it. Nice. That, yeah, that's a great, great, great way to kind of encourage the gains of mindfulness. Um, and obviously meditation, it's a huge part of mindfulness breathing technique. So there's there's obviously nothing wrong with those more formal practices. And I the, the research I've done, there's a balance to be had. It's great. I had my 10 minute meditation this morning, but a lot of people do like a 10 minute meditation and go, yes, I'm mindful for the day. And they just go about their whole day and only 10 minutes, 24 hours later, they re-tap into it. That's not that it's okay, but it's partly the formal practice, but then the micro meditations during the daytime. Micro meditations, what you said, if you're mm-hmm. changing from one activity to another, or you're asking yourself the question, am I mindful? So where do you sit in regards to the formal and then the kind of informal day-to-day stuff? Both are important, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like like I mentioned in the, in the previous podcast as well, it's like, um, it, for me, it always depends on the person because there are some people who say, "Oh, meditation that's not that's not my cup of tea." You know, it's like that's not something I want to involve myself in. So if that's the, that's the case, then fine. Then they'll just stick to the mini meditations mm-hmm. um, or the micro meditation. I don't know how you call mm, them. Yeah, micro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you ask me personally, I think I think they they are a great foundation. They they provide the foundation on which you can do the micro meditations during the day. So because exactly. If you're doing the meditation, you're actually really focused on being mindful. Mm. And if you do that like every morning, every evening, whenever you take time for that, then all the other noise of of of, of phones, of work, of friends, of family are they just drop off and you just have this ten in your case, 10 minute foundation, which I take like which I take with me during the day. So I already have a, a heightened mindfulness, a heightened awareness, which fades fades away, obviously, but it's it's a great foundation and Built upon this, the micro, the micro, the micro meditation. Micro meditations, yeah. <laughs> micro meditations. It's a word I came up with, so if no one else <laughs> uses it, we're going to use it. <laughs> yeah, so that that's something you can do on top of that. Yeah, but I think yeah, yeah. if you have the foundation there, it's it's much it's much easier to keep that going. Mm. And then you just mentioned it, and this is definitely a rabbit hole. I think we want to go down phones, TV, distractions, YouTube, Netflix, uh, you know, we we live in a world of just continual bombardment, don't we? Like everything wants our attention right now. And then we feel we have to give it our attention in this exact moment. And when they've done brain scans and studies of this crazy stuff, like I think something like 25%, your IQ drops by 25% and your productivity drops by 40% when you change a task. Because say you're emailing and you look at your phone for a split second, it drops by 40% productivity. It's crazy. But- We're we're so used to it. We again, me, you, everyone. But again, thinking about teens, and it's 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 a big problem, isn't it? I, and I don't want to sound like an old luddite who's saying no technology. That's not what we hear because people listening to this are listening on technology. How do we get this balance right? Because this is such an ongoing push and pull, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like uh, I think I read somewhere it's like the, the addiction for phones or or like any screen basically doesn't matter whether it be TV, computer, whatever. It's it's as addictive as, as sugar or cocaine, for example. So it, mm-hmm. we, I think, yes, I'm very happy to have a phone and be able to call my mom, who's like in a different country. Um, so so there's a great benefits to 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 phones, etc. But I think we always always overlook the fact that it just makes us addicts. So for me, especially in performance in sports, amateur or professional, doesn't matter. It's basically just like ninety five percent is just a distraction. Obviously, the tools of being able to watch back a match you've played or those kind of things are great. 
but but the rest of it is just it's just a distraction it, it like you said it, it makes our productivity go do- down so far that mm. I'm, I'm when when it comes to training or to matches get rid of that stuff all all in all together yeah 100 percent. and there's there's a great book or a great series of books by cal newport and one particular well two um deep work and digital minimalism those are his two big books and yeah he's basically proposing the idea that the modern workforce has lost the ability to focus it's like it's going to be one of the most sought after skills in the modern workforce the ability to be 90 minutes in one task and not be flitting around to loads of other things a few emails here whatsapps there social media here and um it is it's if we're talking about getting better in your sporting environment like yes we want the body and the mind in the same place at the same time and that's not just something, like I said before, like it's a light switch. It's Surely it's something we need to train the neural pathways in our brain. That's why we're having this conversation, to be able to get that bit by bit. Um, but you do mention something that, you know, talking about this in training, maybe slightly, you know, starting with small time periods. So how can you bring mindfulness into training and or into performance now as well? So there's probably two little questions there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it starts, for, like for me, it's not, it's, it's something very very simple you know like i see players for example squash players entering my club and and they're still on their phones and then they do their warm-up and after the warm-up they're still on their phone and not for a match but just for training and i would say like as soon as i enter the club as a stupid example switch off your phone put it in your bag don't look at it till you finish practice and when i mean when i mean what i mean with finish practice means when i finish my training when i finish my stretching when i finish my showering and then when i leave the club or when i Maybe then I need to do something on my phone or schedule a new appointment. Then I'll switch it on and start looking at it. So the whole, the whole process of, of training, which includes changing yourself, warming up, cool down, stretching, etc., showering. The whole process of, of 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 doing your performance is is without a phone, for example. Mm. That's, and, that's, and that's and that's so rare to see these days, isn't it? Like, and we're not just talking kind of youngsters. We're talking, you know, people in my club, you know, 50, 60 year olds, you know, they're coming in, they're busy kind of doing their last bit of scheduling, quickly get their racket out the bag, go on. And then all of a sudden they're too loved down and they're thinking, wow, why am I playing so bad today? I'm like, well, there's a correlation right there. Isn't there? It's like, you yeah. know, the mind is not there. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's like, I think what's great that you mentioned is like, it's, it's, it's going, it's, it's, um, uh, what's the word again? It's a, it's an addiction through all generations by now. I mean, yeah. we're a bit older, so we've seen phoneless generations, so we know yeah. what life is like without them. Um, but still, we're probably almost equally addictive as the youngsters. Hundred percent. What, what for me, like besides sports, is like if if I'm if I'm always not mindful or always like my phone is next to me or, or distracting me. The moment I come back home from work and I sit at the dinner table with my wife. How am I ever going to be able to have a, <clears throat> a decent conversation if, first of all, my phone is still like switching on and off and mm. my mind was never in the same place I was during the whole day. So my mind will be wandering off in this in this quality time I want to spend with my wife or my kids, for example. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm not going to say the percentage because I don't know it, but there's there's another study done. Um, just purely on the phone vibration in your pocket. So, you know, if you're doing a task and the phone vibrates and you don't even look at it, everything also drops because you just know your head, your mind has just gone there for a splitting. Oh, could that be so-and-so? Was, was that a notification from something I sent out earlier? So, you know, even, and and then I don't know if you've experienced it, I have the phantom buzz, the phantom phone buzz. Yeah, like you yeah, convince yeah, yeah. your phone's buzzing and you check it and there's nothing there. It's like crazy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like just the, the fact you go out of the, you go out of your house and then you forgot your phone. And like the first emotion is like a 
kind of like a yeah, panic. <laughs> geez, how am I going to survive the day without a phone? So, I know, so that yeah. already shows. And, and I mean, I don't want to talk too much about phones and stuff, but just no, in general, you see that this is, and, and this is the for me the biggest issue or problems our society now has with regards to state to getting some kind of mindfulness going is that this inhibits phones. Mm. Uh, TVs, computers are, are the main inhibitor of, of being of us being mindful. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, like again, we're not here to bash technology, but it's going. How can we let technology work for us? So if you're going to use a phone, maybe you log on and listen to a meditation. That could be all. Listen to like a like a self help podcast. Obviously, people are listening to listening to this <laughs> right now. So there we go. Um, yeah. And then maybe final bit on on mindfulness, uh, Bart. Mindfulness in a high stakes situation. So you've got your athlete performing, um, could be like, you know, final of a world open, whatever it is. And you know what, like they're either dwelling on the past or they're forecasting to the future. How do you help athletes get mindful in the moments of high stakes? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not sure. I think you mentioned it in the beginning already. It's like, I, I can't expect myself to be concentrated. Like high stakes situations are the most, the most difficult ones to concentrate because there's high stakes. Um, so I can I cannot expect myself or my athlete to be fully mindful in this challenging situation if he's not practicing it on a day-to-day basis. So I feel mm-hmm. if you want to being being mindful in those situations is simply the result of practicing or training this muscle for the whole year. Yeah. For example, uh, maybe a nice example is if I see when 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 Paul Cole's training at my club and I see how he performs his his training. The amount of concentration and or mindfulness that he puts in is, if if you focus just on this part and not not on what he's doing on court or whatever he's doing, if I if you see how focused he is compared to, let's say uh, any uh, almost any other player, you'll see that that in daily practice it, it's for him it's uh yeah it's something it's a given it's something mm. I'm used to doing it's normal for me basically, mm. so in that sense it has to be something your daily routine and and I don't want to, like. To, to be clear, like I don't want people to be forcing themselves to be mindful 24-7. Let's just start by tiny bits like, okay, for the next, I'm going to do a stroll outside for 15 minutes. I'm going to leave my phone at home and I'm just going to do a stroll. Or I am I have this car drive of five minutes from, from, from my home to the club and I'm not going to put on music and I'm not going to watch my phone. I'm just going to drive, you know, mm-hmm. just so start with tiny, tiny bits to train this muscle slowly, slowly, slowly. And then You'll, you'll reap the benefits because it makes you so much more happy. And, and if you feel the rewards are coming in, the happiness is coming in, then it also makes it easier for you to be more disciplined because you feel it, it yeah, it, it gives you something. 100%. It's, you know, we're, we're just inputting stuff into ourselves all the time, aren't we? That, like, and we, we've lost the skill to not do that. We've lost the, lost the skill to be bored, actually. And there's, there's a whole big concept on actually how boredom is is really good for creativity and productivity and all this stuff and again just on a very personal note um every every maybe second or third weekend i do a good old 48 hour um detox saturday morning send my last whatsapp at about nine o'clock and don't turn the phone on until monday morning nine o'clock it's not easy the first couple of hours you kind of you're itching but man by the time like sunday comes around it's it's like you said it's peaceful it's content it's happy and all the problems that i thought i needed to work out either end up working themselves out or they're not that important by Monday. It's kind of like, it's it's a really interesting thing in that sense. Um, yeah. Anyway, not going to get too personal on that. Um, but Bart, listen, really good deep dive into mindfulness. Um, like before, if there's a little bit of a summary or final message or, or something you wanted the users to just take or the, use the listeners to take away from, what could you say about mindfulness? Yeah, I think that the most important thing is like realize that guys, you're never mindful because you're never doing one thing at a time. Either 
either you're watching your phone and uh, doing Netflix at the same time, or either you're working and watching your phone at the same time, or either you're working and listening to music at the same time. And if that's not the case and you're actually doing just one activity, then you might be doing the activity, but your mind is somewhere else. So e either if you're not involved into two, two uh, if you, even if you're not multitasking, then still having your mind and your body aligned into the same activity is like almost never the case. So I think that's for me, the realization that you're never doing this is the first step. And then obviously traditional methods like meditation can help. But for me, it's also, it doesn't have to be, like I said, a very big, just start with very small things like five minutes, put your phone away for five minutes, do a stroll. So like the small things and see how it affects you, how it makes you feel and from take it from there, because then you have some, yeah, some positive feedback from your body as well.